Good morning, everybody. Um, it's great to be here once again. And um, today's sermon, uh, it's from the book of Mark and John. And the title of the sermon is To Be Fruitful. So let me read it uh, from the book of Mark, chapter 11, verse 12 to 14 and 20 and 21. The next morning, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, May no one ever eat you your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say that. Verse 20, The next morning as they passed by the fig tree he had cursed, the disciples noticed it had withered from the roots up. 21. Peter remembered that Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, Luke, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. So we might think this is kind of out of uh, character for Jesus to get upset and curse the tree because he's supposed to be full of compassion, he's long-suffering, and he's loving, right? That's what we know about Jesus. Maybe we would think that Jesus got upset because he was hangry, right? Anger induced by hunger. That's what we are sometimes, we get hangry. But we must remember, this is the same exact person that was able to uh, fast for 40 days. Right? So obviously he wasn't hangry. You know, he didn't get upset out of starvation. And we're told that it wasn't the season for the fruit yet. Right? So it's kind of weird. But let me tell you this. But when it comes to the fig trees, the leaves and the fruit typically appear at about the same time. So we don't check our calendar to see if it's the freak, fig fruit uh, season when we see a fig tree with a bunch of leaves. So we don't, wow, what, what time is it? Like, is it the, the season yet? We just expect the tree to bear fruit. That's it. We don't check, right? So to see the fig tree in full leaf but with no fruit meant that the tree was barren. So fig trees will go dormant inactive, you want to call it, uh, asleep or hibernate, whatever you want to call it, in around fall until early spring, okay? So they will not have leaves, right, during that time. So they look pretty dead, like dead, nothing, you know, just a bunch of uh, leaves, I mean branches, you know? They look dead. Now, I don't have a, a fig tree, right, but I have a pomegranate tree. It also goes dormant during that time, okay? So they are alike in a sense. So when I see my pomegranate tree starts having leaves, I know that soon I will have the fruit. I don't have to check the calendar like, oh, what, what is it now? No, I know that the fruit is coming. So if a pomegranate or a fig tree in full leaf but no fruit, that means it's giving a false hope. So when Jesus saw this tree from afar, you know, uh, with a with, with bunch of leaves, he thought he'd find its fruit. You know, from far away, 
it looked promising. You know, it's like Christians, full with leaves, right? From the outside, we look very good, very good Christians. You know, maybe we go to church once a week or two times a week, three times a week or more even, you know? We serve in all kinds of ministry, you name it, from A to Z. You know, from Sunday school, music, Sunday school ministry to uh, music ministry, you name it. You know, you're there. Every, every single meeting, you're going to be there and, and there everywhere. You know, at church, they look like angels. You know, but when they go to work, they cuss out their customers. They cuss out their um, co-workers. They even steal money from their employers. You know, they're worse than people who don't know Christ. They act just like the devil himself, not like the, God, the, the children of God. You see? So they don't bear fruit, good fruit for God. They don't. Now, to understand this passage, we need to read the entire chapter 11 to get the full story of it. But we're not going to do that, okay? So the next thing that Jesus did after his encounter with the, uh, the tree, the fig tree, he, what he did, he got mad and started cleaning up the temple from people who were selling animals. Okay? So they came to the temple or church, you want to call it, and yet their motivation wasn't right. They tried to scam people, right? They tried to make money out of them. They were selling sacrificial animals at such high price. You know, by doing so, they prevented people, the genuine people that want to come and worship God, you know, because they couldn't go there because it's too much for them to purchase the animals, you know? So they prevented those people, those people that came to worship God. So if we think that Jesus wasn't supposed to get angry or mad, you know, or he was a wimp or soft, or he was too scared to rebuke people from their sins, I'm going to tell you this. We are dead wrong. You know, he is too loving to keep us on sinning. You know, the Bible says, be angry and do not sin. That's what he is doing over here. You know, he got mad, but there's a reason behind it. Now, there are so many verses, literally so many verses about bearing fruit for God. But let me just give you two verses. Okay, I spare you. Just, I'm just going to give you two verses. From the book of Romans, chapter 7 and 4, and Psalm, uh, chapter 1 and 3. So, my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. Psalm 1, verse 3 they, so they are the followers of Christ here, are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. So the calling for all Christians, it's very clear here. From these two verses, it's to bear fruit, good fruit for God. Now, we might ask, why do we have to bear fruit for God? Now, I have to... I have to go to the book of John here. Okay, let's go to the book of John chapter 11. And this is my favorite chapter in the Bible. Okay, so let's read John 15 verse 1. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, 
and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Verse 3, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Now, the Bible says this, okay? The word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit. It exposes our deepest thoughts and intentions. Now, we use pruners or a knife to prune or cut branches, correct? But the word of God is even sharper than any pruners we have. You know, it's more powerful than any knife that we use to cut branches, so when we read or listen to the word of God, you know, sometimes we feel, we feel like we are being cut or pruned and it hurts, you know, it hurts. Maybe that day we are reading or listening to the message about forgiveness and we have to forgive people that hurt us. That might be tough to accept the message. It feels like we are being pruned by the word. And the reason for that is so we can produce much fruit. That's the reason, according to the Bible. Now, let's read verse 4. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Now, let me ask you this question. Have you ever seen a branch that um, it's it produces fruit, a lot of fruit, and yet it's not being attached to the, to the tree. I haven't seen it, you know? If you have seen it, well, let me know, you know? Because I haven't seen it, I wanna see, you know? So, let me tell you this, there are plants that can move around from one tree to another tree. You know, what they do, it's, they do, they absorb the nutrients from the tree that, la that they latch on. Okay, so these plants are called parasitic plants. Most of them don't bear fruit. Okay, and if they do, the fruit probably isn't good, and, and, and probably it's not edible. People cannot enjoy the fruit. Okay, one second here. So the parasitic plants, they, they don't produce fruit at all. And if they do, it's probably not good. It's not edible. People cannot enjoy it, like I said. Now, there are people who look like they're part of the tree. You know, there are people. They look like, from far away, they look like they're part of the tree. They look like the followers of Christ. But they're actually not like these parasitic plants. You know, they are not produce, producing fruit because, once again, they are not part of the tree. You know, they are there to gain benefits from the tree that they latch on. They go to church, right? They go to church, just like you and I, just to, just to get or to um, get their own benefit, to, just to benefit themselves. You know, they go to church just to expand their businesses. They go to church just to gain more connections. You know, they don't care about the word of God. They don't care about the fellowship with other Christians. They don't care about helping others. They don't produce any fruit for people to enjoy. In fact, they don't care about other people. They only care about themselves. You see? 
A branch, it's supposed to be selfless. It produces fruit, right? It produces fruit, but it doesn't enjoy its own fruit. Have you ever seen a branch eating its own fruit? No. Someone else will enjoy it. You know, someone else will enjoy the fruit. First and foremost is who? The gardener. And who's the gardener here? God the Father. You know, first and foremost, the gardener. God the Father will enjoy the first fruit. Then our family, right? Will enjoy that. Then our neighbors. Then our friends will enjoy the fruit. So a branch is to be selfless. Verse 5. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. When, when Jesus says you will produce fruit, you will produce fruit, Paul. It means that I will produce fruit because he doesn't lie, right? Yeah. Now, because it's a natural thing for a branch to produce fruit. It's, it's natural. You know, it doesn't have to work hard to produce fruit, the branch. You know, it doesn't have to worry about finding food because the nutrients are being supplied by the tree, right? Now, Christianity is very amazing. It's, it's beyond belief. You know, because it's a personal relationship between God and us. You know, it's like just a grapevine with its branches. You see, so close, so tight. You know, it's a very close relationship. You know, Jesus did all the hard work, just like the tree, right? It gets all the nutrients for the branches. Jesus did the hard work, the dirty work, you want to call it. He died on the cross for us, for you and I. You know, the only thing that we do, it's basically what? To accept him. Just like the branches, like accept the nutrients, that's it. And exactly that's the relationship here between us and Jesus. Jesus did the hard work and us just, yes, Lord, I want to accept you. And that's it. You know, just like a tree supplies its branches with nutrients, God also supplies us with what we need. You name it, forgiveness. Mercy, grace, what else? Right, you name it. That's why we need Jesus. Just like branches need their tree. Verse 6 Anyone who doesn't remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Now, the word remain in the original text, it's meno. It's a Greek word. It means to remain or to stay as one, not to become another or different. Now, the same exact word that Jesus had used when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, before he was crucified. If you remember this, he said to disciples, I am in distress to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. So the word remain in verse six means be one with Jesus. Stay in his presence. Meno, you know, remain to stay. Do not change. Don't be like the parasitic plants. 
they keep moving around, right? From one tree to another tree, only to benefit themselves. Jesus said, Menno, stay, stay with me. Stay with me. You know, at the end, for those that don't attach to Christ, it says they'll get thrown away and be burned by God. You know, question is this. There's a question. Does it mean that we have to use our own strength to stay attached to the tree or, or to stay attached to God? The answer is no. Because in verse 5, it says we cannot do anything with, with our own strength. You know, without God, we are nothing. So God is the one that is enabling us to stay attached to him to stay attached to the tree, not us. That's why remain in him. That's the key. And move on to verse seven. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Now, this is one of the misquoted verses in the Bible. You know, you go everywhere, people use this and to get whatever they want, you know? Because, you know, someone of us might say this, Paul, but it says there though, it says that whatever I want, right? So I want whatever, I can ask and I will get it. But we forget, they forget about the previous statement that says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you know, here you goes, uh, that meno again, the word. When we remain in him and his word in us, you know, we will have the same mindset as he does, right? It'll be connected, you know, it'll be connected. Let's say a, a fruit, um, uh, um, let, let's say a fig tree. It doesn't, the branch doesn't say, oh, well, I'm going to produce um, watermelon today. No, because it has the same connection like fig tree. I'm going to produce fig tree because it's connected. So the things that we ask will be in the same category like what God wants us to ask. What kind of things that they are, you know? The Bible says to fix our thoughts on whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. So how about asking about the restoration of a broken family? Asking for salvation upon our family members? Our friends, I think that's a good start, right? So when, when God says, ask anything, we're going to have the, we have the same mindset like he does. Verse 8, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. Here we find the answer to our question. Why do Christians need to bear fruit? This is the answer. Because by bearing fruit for God, good fruit is the evidence. It's the evidence that we are true disciples of Christ. So that's the evidence. You know, Jesus said this, you can recognize people by their fruit or their actions, right? A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. And when we bear fruit for God, good ones, right? His name is being glorified through our actions. That's the point. Let's move on to next one, verse nine. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. 
remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. So how do we stay in God's love? It's easy, by obeying His commandments. It sounds easy, I know, but remember, He is the one who enables us, not us, not us. Remember, I can do all things through Him, through Him, not through us, who strengthens me. So I can do it through Christ. Verse 11, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. So by remaining in God's love, we will have joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. That's a lot of joy, overflow. Verse 12, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Now, this is one of the fruits that God asked us to bear. And there are more fruits. We'll see it. Verse 13, this is no greater, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in or doesn't share information to his slaves. Now you are my friends, since I have told you everything the Father told me. Verse 16, I didn't choose you. I chose you. You didn't choose me, I'm sorry. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Now. In verse 16, it says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. It shows that God is the one who has the initiative. God, who was the one, made the first move, right? Jesus was the one who made the first move. He died, right? Well, I, like I said, he died for us while we were still, what? Sinners. The Bible says this, when we were still sinners, no one look for God. No one look for God. So what happened? God had to come. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to what? To search and rescue us. Because no one was looking for God. I was like, uh, who is God? No. No one. But Jesus had to go down. You know, he did the dirty work to search and rescue you and I. So God made the first move. Now it's our turn. You know, to say, yes, I want you, Jesus. Or no, I'm out. So the options are ours. You and I have to choose. You have to say yes or no. Those are the only options. Now I want to invite the musicians to come forward. Verse 17. This is my command, love each other. This is my command, love each other. You know, we might be asking, are there any more fruits, Paul, other than love? You know, maybe you like banana. I was like, oh, do you have banana? Pineapple, maybe, you know? Any, any other fruits like that? You know, that easy ones, maybe? Well, no. 
Let's see book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 to 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So there are nine fruits mentioned here. Now I have a question. Do people see these fruits in our lives? Can they taste them? You know, I've said it earlier, a branch won't taste its fruit. They bear fruit, but they don't taste their own fruit. Other people will. So if I'm being patient today, if I'm being kind and a loving person, you know who's gonna benefit from that? First, God, right? And then my wife. And then my kids, which I'm struggling here, you know? Being patient, it's hard. Being kind, it's hard. Being loving, it's hard. It's not me, but God that does that through Him. You know, God never asked this to us. You know, just have lots of leaves. Have lots of leaves, Paul. No fruit is fine, as long as it looks good. Green everywhere. No. You know, he asked us to bear much fruit. But on the other hand, it's impossible to have fruit without the leaves, right? Remember what I said about people who have lots of leaves from outside, they look so good, but bear no fruit. Remember that? Those people who go to church every day, you know, they look like angels from the outside, but outside the church, they look completely different, you know? It doesn't mean we don't, go have, we don't have to go to church because of that, because there's a lot of people like that. No, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that we don't have to go. We go to church because we know by going to church or by having leaves, so to speak, we can convert the sunlight into chemical energy. You know, that process in biology, it's called photosynthesis, right? Maybe you've heard of it, maybe not. Maybe this is the first time. So, the sun is hot, right? The sun is very hot and can irritate us sometimes. And especially in the summertime, like today, it's hot. And it is exactly like we are going to church, you know? We're going to church and meet up with people that whew, can irritate us. You see? They can hurt us, but God can use that irritation and change that into spiritual energy. You know, people can try to make us mad, but God can change that to patience. People can hurt us. And, and they make us want to get angry, but God can change that to self-control. You see? So that we may bear fruit, good fruit for Christ. So when people see Christians, us here, they see, oh, wow. So that's, that's Christianity all about. 
you know, I see you going to church, having leaves, go to church. You're so active at church, you know, and I see that fruit. You know, don't be like, oh, you're so active at church and, oh, huh, no fruit. Wow, you cuss people out like, oh, wow. That's Christians, huh? Oh, wow. For what? You know, we bear fruit for God. People see you at church, the same exactly you out there. You bear fruit everywhere you go. You don't taste their fruit. People will see you. People will taste that. You're a blessing to me. You know, people be saying, oh, thank God you, you are here. Because, because of you, you're being, being a, bless, a blessing to me, to this company. People can taste that fruit. Being gentle, being kind, being forgiving. Are we the true followers of Christ? Or we are like the parasitic plants. Parasitic plants, they go everywhere only to benefit themselves. So Christians, are you Christians? The followers of Christ? Or you just look like one, but you're not. So today, I want us to reflect to ourselves. On ourselves see ourselves if if we are really 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 bearing fruit for god ask your friends maybe hey do you like me being around you or you know what you rather not having me because i'm toxic they call it right because everywhere i go i just complain 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 or they're like man you're such a blessing you're strengthen my my soul my spirit i like being around you let's bow our heads dear god here we are come before you to see if we bear fruit Lord good fruit not the bad fruit because we we want to be followers of Christ I don't know how many fruit I have in my life Lord you know it maybe it's not much Lord but Lord uh, I want to stay attached with you Lord and one day, Lord, you said that you will produce much fruit. You will produce much fruit. Lord, I believe you, Lord, because I don't have to do the hard work. I don't have to work hard to bear fruit. It's automatic because I want to stay attached with you. Lord, give the nutrients, Lord. Supply me with your, your love, your forgiveness, your mercy, your grace every single day, Lord that you are amazing God every morning that I wake up you're always there being faithful you will never fail Lord not now or never or ever Lord this is your church the imp imperfect church the imperfect people Lord with just a bunch of branches Lord and without you, Jesus, without your love, without your nutrients, Lord, you are a bunch of dead branches that will get thrown away and burned. Lord, we surrender, Lord, our lives into your hands, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray.